Today, we are going to talk about a bunch of mistakes we've made with the most important part of our business, our people. Uh, we've pretty much kind of messed up how we manage people, how we set expectations, how we compensate them, how we help them grow and develop. The list is kind of long, but uh, we really underinvested in our HR function and we want to talk about what that looked like, but also what we did to fix it. So all of that here today on Drink While You Think, the weekly happy hour conversation. We're going to dig into HR today between a couple of guys who are building their accounting firm in really weird ways. I'm your host, Kenji. There's the other co-host, Matthew. We don't have a sponsor today, I don't think. Do we, Matthew? Today's episode is sponsored by VerifyQ. VerifyQ for all your practice management, quality control assurance needs. Verify IQ. Check it out today. Help gamify your practice management and your quality control with all of your bookkeeping. Verify IQ. If you'd like to be a sponsor of future episodes of Drink While You Think, all you have to do is send us beer. <laughs> so I think I see what's going on here. I think if people get tired of hearing of Verify IQ as our sponsor, you should probably send us beer because otherwise they may be the default sponsor. They, well, they keep sending us beer, so that's good. So oh, they keep sending me beer. So. Oh, I see how it works. Okay, okay. Um, all right. What are, you, what are you drinking today, man? Um, I'm drinking. You're gonna like this. Okay. You see what that says? Just saying. Just yep. saying. This is a dry hopped pale ale. Once again, from the. Uh, the wonderful Port Orleans Brewery down in New Orleans. So the Just Saying Dry Hopped Pale Ale. Um, you know why I think you're going to like this, Matthew? Why? Because Just Saying is, I think, one of your top five phrases. It's not your top phrase, but it's up there. I'd say Just Saying? Just Saying. Oh, I guess I didn't say that. It's not. Cool. I mean, there, there are others that are higher up there. I'll be happy to reveal those if people want. It's way high. So that might be... That might be a co-sponsorship for Elephant or something like that, too. Um, what do you got? I am cracking out. Uh, I've saved this. I think we might have drank one of these on the show before. But the Midwest Coast, mm. I saved one of the English style pails. Those are great. Yeah. That, uh, so it's a 5.3 percenter. I think this is from the the Beer Temple, right, in Chicago? It's from the Beer Temple in Chicago. So... Don't forget it. if you're in Chicago, go to the beer temple, get your beer. Cheers, Cheers man. Dude. So Ooh, we're going to talk about all the stuff we screwed up. We yeah, only, why not? It's going to be like a six-hour episode today. It is going to be. It is going to be that. Um, but let's start. Okay. I think this is a better place to start. Let's give everybody the abbreviated. We're going to have to give people cliff note versions if we're going to do every people problem to. we've ever messed you're up. You're going to have to. You're a little glitchy today, by the way. You're a little, you know, stoppy starty here. But okay, we'll hopefully post-production can fix you. We'll see. Okay. Um, maybe while I'm queuing this up, I'll have you close down all your Netflix and HBO Max and whatever else you're running right there to kind of get things running smoother. But while Matthew's doing that, I want to start actually... At the end of the story first, the happy part of it, what we actually did to fix this, this multitude of HR issues we created. Um, and that is we 
finally hired an HR manager. Now we've had, she's been with us since January, but she's been so busy. Uh, The wonderful Amber has been so busy. um, You know, we've just kind of kept her buried on things. So we did hire an HR manager. We got to about 150 employees. And um, apparently someone told us that you're supposed to bring on a head of HR well before then. So we fortunately, in all the things we talk about here, the mistakes that were made were prior to Amber. Um, so we'll call them BA before Amber. She is in here fixing many of these things now, which we are grateful for. So that's the good, happy part of the story um, is bringing on an HR manager. Uh, Matthew, when is probably the better time? I mean, what, what would you say, looking back in hindsight, 150 was not the right number to bring on, um, you know, an HR manager, when would you think it would be? Yeah, I mean, I think now in the US, especially 50 is kind of the magic number with all the compliance that goes into some of the things that happen at having 50 employees. Um, and if you think about, I mean, if I reflect on when the organization started being an organization and not a kind of a group of people that all knew each other, like it, it was kind of around 52, if you think about it like where people would have wanted somebody to go talk to, you know, that maybe didn't know us as well, like that could help them with HR issues and stuff like that. I, th- I think 50, 50 feels really like somewhere between 40 and 50. I think you've got to really be thinking about it. You got to be thinking about it at 40 and you got to, you got to pull the trigger. by. 50. Yeah. I mean, we, we had, it's another example. Many firms do this just like us. We'd hacked it together. HR was essentially me which is a huge problem. And then Kelly, who'd been our office, but longtime office manager. So we had kind of people pitching in fractionally doing it kind of cobbled together. And when you really step back and think about it, your most important part of the business is the people. So having someone fully focused on that makes sense. Yeah. I like, I like the number 50. I think that's, that that's fair. If you're approaching that, that should be a time for a full-time person. Even before that, you should be thinking maybe about someone fractionally or, or something in the way up there. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to the adage, right? Your your greatest strength is like your weaknesses is you're just your greatest strength when you overdo it. Yeah. So that how I think that what that happened is because we hire such experienced people and like greatest strength, like when we lean on that too much, we just underdid all the HR stuff because there's such a like professionals, there's such they they're so established in their career careers they they know what they're doing so it kind of i mean it's weird right yeah, you, you yeah. did all that but then then that allowed it almost allowed us to put that off for a long time it did i mean it's it was not, it was a product of having of having some really good people there for sure it was even um it's it's also an area that i i've always really lo- i mean i i'm a, just such a people person everyone who knows me knows that i like it i like focusing on thinking about the team and about people and so I think we may have, we, I got away with a little longer than I should have of like, just because I have a natural inclination to jump in and help people and things to, to stretch it too far and for me to jump in, but we need someone dedicated to it. I was just, I was actually just talking to earlier, um, a friend, I'll name dropper, Madeline, um, who runs uh, uh, Foundry and she, our fearless Foundry. And she, uh, I was telling her that like, you know, we got kind of just got tired of having, I got tired of having to apologize so many times to team members like, Oh, I know. I'm sorry. We haven't 
gotten that fixed yet, or we haven't addressed that yet, or just very reactive to things and getting ourselves in a proactive space around HR was where we wanted to be and where we're finally at, which is good. Um, I'll throw one out here. So just to kind of get into some issues that we really saw, um, you know, we started doing monthly employee surveys. These all started right after Amber joined. You know, we'd occasionally do some kind of survey that maybe we'd try to win some award or plaque on the wall. Um, honestly, I, they were somewhat helpful, but you're only doing them once a year. And it's kind of, again, for some best workplaces kind of thing. We needed to up the cadence on that. And so I wanted to share with everybody listening, um, a little humbling. One of the survey questions that we scored very, very, very poorly on. Okay. And so here it is. And the quite are the are you rate this, you know, on like we either do this really well or poorly. And it says the 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 survey question was, I get feedback at acuity that helps me get better at my job. Right. So our employees had to answer this. I get feedback that helps me get better at my job. Almost half of our employees responded that they were not in agreement with that statement. <laughs> that is, I mean, I laugh about it. I shouldn't laugh. It's it's gut-wrenching, right? You're like, oh my gosh, right? I mean, they're not getting feedback. And so, yeah, the obvious thing is there. We have not been doing reviews or interviews. The only time we were kind of getting really into really giving feedback is if maybe a team member kind of tracked down their manager and said, I just need some feedback or give me some assistance. Or the other side of it was we're in a bad situation. We're in a you know performance improvement plan situation where something's going poorly, right? Nothing proactive. Um, that is, I, I don't know. I, I imagine, Matthew, this was probably the first organization you've been part of that was not doing any form of <laughs> performance reviews. Well, yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, again, like, like, I, I mean, I understand it's weird because you can, I understand how you rationalized it for all those years as well, right? You're trying to be as you're trying to let people be, let them run independently, let them run their clients, not overly scrutinize them. Like people like that independence, but then we went too far with it, right? So yeah. you just like, you took the independence value that we have and we just overdid it, right? And then all of a sudden you become absentee or or just not helpful. Yeah. Like they're all, even in and one of the, my takeaways from that question was, or some of the other questions was like, even people 15 and 20 years into their career want to get better at what they do. Like they want to improve. And we have done that in some ways and even the surveys. Yeah, they're great on like getting me up technologies and stuff like that. But on the some of the software skills and some of the other things, like we're just not, we're not very organized uh, at that. So that, I mean, candidly, if people were like, what do you fix right away if you guys are in this problem is like the NPS survey that Gusto has, where it's just like the three questions they ask people. Like that got us off our butts. Like that's kind of the initiative for all these changes that we're going to be talking about. Like if you're going to do one thing, like, and you're a normal entrepreneur, like get that survey out to people. And then like, when you get your feedback, like that, that'll, 
that sucks and, and it it'll get you off your butt though it does because what are we like we're five months into the survey and we're like a week away from from doing first performance reviews for everybody yeah. in the whole company like yeah it so it, it got us going i mean that's a great point and i bet a lot of other firm owners who are listening to this are using gusto if you are using gusto you should absolutely it's their employee happiness kind of survey. It's just NPS going like Matthew mentioned. Um, I know we get it just included in our plan. I'm not sure what plans, maybe all the plans. It is well worth it. If it goes out automatically, um, it's a very easy to maintain and run survey. And it's insightful. And you have to look at that as a leader and really look at the comments and look at the ratings and it, it will spur you into action for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not like people are unhappy here. Like we got like the eighty-five percent, like overall, like job satisfaction, like good place. It's like a time where we we can just get to the next level, right? Yeah, it's identifying weak spots. It's not like these people giving feedback aren't being like burn down the house or whatever. Like they're like, since you're asking, uh, it'd be nice to have some feedback on on my job performance. Yeah. Like I will, I love working here, but like, Hey, how about this? Like, so I feel, I feel like, like, like you could just get this. Like if you just looked at the raw score, you'd be like, Oh, we're fine. 85%. Like there's always going to be, you know, some people that are not happy and maybe that's just a fit thing. But like, what's really been helpful about this survey for me is, is, is like, Oh, I go look at the question we were like scored a 50 on or 65 on. Yeah. Which are lots of like every month there's one. Like you're just like, okay, like how do you get better? How do you like how do you internalize that? How do you how do you fix stuff? That's why I think that surveys just like number one fix that. Yeah. It will it's a just a great easy way that will spur you into action. And it's not tied to some external award or something you're trying to get. It's tied, it's to making you better. And there's some hard things you have to read, but I think it's really good. It's been good for us. It's been very good for us. So check that out. Um, what's the result of that has been, yes, like Matthew mentioned, Amber has put in place a performance management plan. In fact, it kicks off, uh, this is, we're filming on a Friday, it kicks off on Monday, where we'll be using the performance component within Gusto, where team members will do self-evaluations, their managers will then evaluate them, and then they do a one-on-one meeting and get together and talk about the results. So I'm sure this is a really big focus for us over the next eight weeks where this is all happening throughout the entire company of all W2 employees. But we'll have some things to talk about here with other firm owners on this because we're just super interested and hyper aware of it. Um, But now we've got a professional in here running this process versus us just slapping something in. I, I did many years ago through a performance kind of review plan in place well before even Matthew was here. I lifted it right out of Arthur Anderson where we used to work and it just didn't work very well, right? I didn't kind of half-heartedly implemented it and it wasn't the right type of format and system. It hadn't really been thought out and planned like Amber and the leadership team have done with this one. We'll have some tweaking and adjusting, I'm sure. We're looking for feedback on just how this whole system goes, but we've tried it before. And I think it really shied me away from probably doing it again because it did not go well last time for a number of reasons. I'm very confident it's going to go well. We're going to learn a lot, but. um, I can't imagine a process you tried to execute by yourself didn't go well (laughs) in the HR space, Kenji. I'm like stunned. 
Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine me being involved in yeah processes? Yikes! That is not my cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, I think when when I reflect on it, it's, you know, it's kind of like how I think I hope our clients feel like when they talk to us, right? That oh, I got a somebody that understands the numbers or business or whatever. That's how I feel when I talk to our HR manager now. It's like, oh, like I'm pinging her this week. Like, what, what, like, check. What, do, what do I do in this situation? Like, hey, like we we have an offer to make to somebody. Like, hey, what are the things I need to think about? Like, wow. Uh, there, there have been there have been just, role, there have been roles, Matthew. To your point here of where we're getting in, we're we're bringing people in or bringing them up to take over things that we were fully capable of doing that we've been doing. We just need to kind of put our attention elsewhere. This was not one of those roles. This was a, th- these are again, skill sets um, that we don't have because yeah, we, we look at her and I think other firm owners would look at an HR, a good HR manager as this is an asset you can lean on for like, Oh, I didn't realize we were supposed to do that or ask this, right. Which is incredibly valuable. It's not just, Hey, can you take off? I'm tired of doing our own bookkeeping for the firm. Can you do it? Like, right. All firm owners can do that. That's a different thing. Not that that's not valuable. This is a, you're, 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 you know, leveling up here on some skill sets inside the organization that aren't there that I don't think firm owners inherently have in them. That's, 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 that's well said. Um, All right. Let's talk about another thing here. Um, How we were communicating expectations with team members. Uh, Matthew, care to share your thoughts on, so what were we doing to set expectations with new employees? Gosh. Like, I heard the mumbled curse under your breath. Like, well, I mean, like, like, man, I just, I mean, it just makes me feel like an idiot. Like, I don't know. Like, we weren't doing anything, right? We weren't like, nothing systematic like we were like hire good people have good people oh like have the hiring manager talk to them on like when they're coming in like whoever they're reporting to like so now we're just like beating up the the hiring manager without any guidance right like yeah. bookkeeping. <laughs> hey sammy here you go good luck spend a week with your new hires here like, here you meet you meet so and so and they're new yeah help them figure it out yeah yeah i mean we had, we had nothing. And I don't know why you're right. It was always like, oh, let's just let them kind of do the on-job training. We'll go shadow somebody or go like, which is, you want the, them to get a feel for the work, right? But also, if they're shadowing somebody, it could be a totally different person, right? Or if you don't give guidelines to their team leader. So the thing that's coming out of this, which again, people are going to chuckle when they hear this, I think is we didn't even have any real position descriptions. Like we didn't. I mean, we had a job posting. Job posting, that was it. But otherwise, one thing we have learned from having an HR manager is that's different, right? That one's out there market-facing, attracting people, telling what the role is. You know, and you can use a good position description, I think, as a job description, but it's different. There are clear expectations of what we expect as an organization, what they should expect inside of a position description. We are finally here rolling out to every single role a position description that has clear expectations in it. We haven't had that in 18 years. No. 
<laughs> not having and you know at the offsite where so one of the goals of our offsite just that we talked about offsites in a, a recent mm-hmm. episode um at the end of the offsite we had that was the culmination like by then like you had to have all your position descriptions done. so we literally had if you didn't if you came to the offsite and you're because all of the leadership team was there and all of your positions positions description weren't, weren't done you had to go sit in matthew's group because Matthew didn't have all his position, position descriptions done. That's what we'll call it. And four of us sat over there and finished all our position descriptions. There is a picture. There's a picture. People go back and look at that. You can see the four of you sitting there kind of working. And yeah. You didn't call us out on who the group was. It was that was like the the dunce table, right? Like the No, it was like, let's yeah. get it done. Everybody's busy. Let's get things done. But we you go back and you realize foundationally, you're like, wait a minute, we didn't even have you know, those clear expectations. And again, I'd, I'd tell you that if, um, you know, other firm owners reach out to us, we're going to be putting these in place in front of our team during the review process will be their first time kind of seeing the new position descriptions. But um, I don't know that we'll necessarily publish, publish them. We might end up using them. We could end up using them for job descriptions or if other firm owners kind of want to take a look at some, just ping me or Matthew and be like, hey, can I take a look at how you're, how you're doing this? I mean, it's going to be different for everybody because our expectations will be different than yours. But we're going to clearly articulate them, not in some handbook that, you know, you look at once in your lifetime and not just in like a job post that sits on LinkedIn somewhere, but like, what is it? And this will be what's kind of, what's essentially part of like expectations of what you're going to be going through in your annual review each year. So, um, yeah, it also, it also enabled like, <laughs> what, how many things we messed up that we didn't have career paths. <laughs> like, like we don't have like, a, but once you have position descriptions, then you can have career paths. Then you yeah. can talk about, okay, you can go from here to here. And this is how you go from here to here. And this is. So I've got another, another funny one. Um, yeah. Like, duh guys. And then we're like, okay, we're idiots. <laughs> fine. We're, we're at least, at least own it. Yeah. We, we definitely owned it. We're like, that's why you're here. We need the help. I mean, we're uncle, like, please help us. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll say that there are these things that companies have Um that they use to visually depict who does what, who reports to who. Uh, what are those things called again? Um, Dude, my org chart was fine. <laughs> I was not confusing. I have a, I object to this one. This is no, no, one but I, I want to say it's an like org, it was right? not that confusing. It was not that confusing. It's an org chart, right? Now, to Matthew's point, we did. Have we had an org chart? We had an so org we had chart. Here, it wasn't published anywhere. Not really. We can't <laughs> show it to people, like kind of. But like the problem was it made total sense to me and Matthew. So lots of really weird off the wall things make sense to us, the way we think about the world, the universe, about our firm. Um, more context, I guess. That's I mean, fair. we were a little confused by it. Matthew at one point was really resisting. Like, Why do we have to work on this? And I was like, I don't know. And apparently it's part of this whole process. We got to get it. And then, like, again, our HR manager, the wonderful Amber, it's going to be the Amber Love Fest episode here, um, gets on and at our retreat talks about, hey, you got to remember, a new person wants to be able to come into your organization and they want to be able to understand, um, okay, who who does what, who, who do I report to? And can I see what my path looks like? Can I look at something visually to show 
oh, I can see how different roles progress within the organization. And ours didn't really do that. We had a bunch of funky color coding. We had a bunch of different, you know, we were a lot of dotted lines. We were, for us, we were sketching out what Matthew and I know is the reality of the organization, like how it kind of works. It's not what anybody else probably would want to see because it's just crazy complicated the way we think about multiple dual roles. A brand new person was like, I don't know what any of this means. So we had one, but. um, I thought it was lovely. (laughs) You're going to still stand by that one, aren't you? I'm going to stand by this one. (laughs) It was one though. You were, you, I know you were in there ready to fight. Like I like my org chart. I'll fix it. However she wants, but like, it's fine. I think once she, when she explained what she was trying to do, you were like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm not going to get rid of mine, the one I like, but I get why other people. I made it. a it. I fixed it how she wanted. Yeah. Um, so. There's, there's, there's so many. And I think the thing that it was a little when you're playing whack-a-mole and we kind of knew all these HR issues, Matthew alluded to earlier about the fact that um, you some of these things have to be done all together, right? You go, oh, we need to have a performance management program. We need to end reviews. Okay, great. That makes sense. Oh, wait a minute. Well, how, we got to articulate what the expectations are. Oh, wait, we need position descriptions. Well, do people even know like what the career path is? And so all these things start coming together and you start seeing how they all work together. Um, and again, I think that's where it takes to have, have some real leadership over in that role. Um, I think we've also learned that I really like the culture side. I'm I'm okay jumping in there and helping with the culture. And I think that should be, you know, a CEO's role is very, is, is very much on the culture kind of button and index of the business. But there's a lot of differences on just HR that are compliance oriented. I mean, gosh, all the new states like Matthew that we're involved in and when benefits start rolling out, there is a lot going on. States, countries, like everything's oh. different. Everything like, is different. There Everything. are different holidays in different places. There are different rules in every country. There are different rules in every state now. There are different vacation policies in every state. Like it, it's it's a lot to keep up with, when, especially cloud firms. I think we we were like like oh great we can get our people from anywhere, but then I'm like okay now you have to be compliant for HR and what is it? I don't even know what, how many states there are. We got to be like close to 20 states about now. 20 i think we're somewhere between 15 and 20 um it's a lot and there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges with that and when we were hiring for this hr manager initially this is well this is the first time we've ever used an extra i think recruiter. that added a state by the way yeah I think we did. <laughs> added we did. yeah louisiana did um you know we historically we've always gone and hired on our own and we, this is the first time we went and used specific recruiters just to find this role. And I, we're not going to do that all the time for all of our roles. It was really helpful because I can tell you the path I would have gone down is where I knew this needed to be compliance oriented in some way, but also I was kind of thinking, oh, HR has got to be this great kind of super big culture, personality, wrap you in a big warm hug kind of thing. And you certainly want people who are gregarious and helpful, but like that would have been the wrong hire for us, right? We need someone who's just very measured and calm and thoughtful and proactive. I mean, certainly Amber does a nice job of kind of dealing with things that get thrown at her, but 
I, I kept, I just had in my mind that H, all HR was, was just kind of culture and the really fun person that everybody likes and knows. And, and you realize that is, that's off. That would have been a big mistake hiring just someone that needing someone who's really attuned to the legal aspects of the roles, helping keep you, keep the company and our team members safe and protected. That's a different mindset than I was thinking going in. So I'm glad we had some help along the way thinking about that role. Um, the laundry list is long of things that we've screwed up. So we'll, we'll kind of land it here. Uh, Matthew, any other last words on HR and things that people should be considering? Um, you know, are, are other benefits we're looking forward to seeing that folks should know that come with having a dedicated HR person? I mean, like the big takeaways of me have been like, find somebody subjective like somebody other than you to get people's feedback from have a mechanism for getting feedback from introverts, which, you know, for years we just got feedback from extroverts, which are the people saying things, right? So making sure that we get the extroverts, like make sure you get somebody who appreciates process, understands process. Like I like that she does exit interviews with everybody that we get feedback from right like yeah like just like i think she takes processes we've had that we used to have exit interviews never i never got the feedback now we have a mechanism to to like loop back so we can make changes and improvement stuff like that but um and then just having all these functions and processes and it's there she's just equipping us with tools at the end of the day right yeah. Like what a value add when you have a professional, a smart professional who gives your team tools to to do their jobs. Yep. Like that. Like I. I mean, and and you know, we were just naive. Like we were just naive. I think. And, to, and, and tools are tools around the most important part of our job, our people, right? Well, and, and you're like, cause you're smoking, you're like kind of like drinking your own Kool-Aid, right? Like, Completely. well, you guys are great people, people, you're great. You're nice. Everybody likes working with you guys. You're friendly and all that. You're kind of never going to get is, the fully candid feedback from team members. But, but then you or like, me as a founder, yeah, you're not going to get that. So, I mean, I think you got to be careful if you do have one of those personalities that's like gregarious and like friendly and people like you genuinely, like if you're like a Kenji type, especially, I think it's just, it really it almost becomes more important to have a professional HR at that place yeah. to make sure that when there are things that go wrong and things do everywhere that you have a man capture that and like really you know, think about why that happened and think of it's of an institutional problem or, or not, because it's not like just because we're nice guys doesn't mean like everything goes well all the time, you know? Well, so, and I, I, we, well, sure I think that, we sure as hell want to fix it. So that's do, why I say the do. survey, like if you're like, haven't done any of this stuff, like get that survey going. It's like, man, those results will get your button gear. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, I was with the surveying, I'll go back to, let me leave it at this. I was so taken by the fact that the team members wanted so much to have more feedback, more accountability. They weren't saying, hey, quit 
pushing this or that on me. They weren't saying, stop doing all these things. They were asking for more accountability, more feedback, which is a great indication that we've got a great team. But this is, this is a team, and I think all teams want to be part of a high-performing organization, and they want to see standards. They want to see processes. And so good people, even you and I don't like to be boxed in with processes, maybe all the time. I don't know about you, but I love to see a good, tight process being run. I mean, it just gives me comfort and confidence. And I think people want to see that in our organizations, especially when it relates to how we treat them, how we manage them, how we develop them. And that's the big takeaway that I think a HR manager can bring that in many cases goes a lot further than, you know, hey, let's have the next happy hour or, hey, let me put the next social thing together. That doesn't that is not that does not replace having a good process where people can trust that that process is going to give them good feedback, help them grow as an individual, help make sure they're at the right comp level. You can't just kind of warm hug that thing and fix that. You got to do it with a process. And I think that's what an HR pro can do. So, all right, let's rate some beers here. Um, I've got mine teed up. Um, so Matthew, be thinking about yours. If you haven't already killed it, not your last sip there. Um, I'm not doing the just saying pale ale, man, I should, you know what I should do, Matthew? That should take a note from this and start doing more of my beers and naming them after Matthew sayings. This one's the just saying, but you've got all these different little sayings that I could name beers after. Uh, this one's getting a four. I you like got to drop it down to three, seven, five for being in New Orleans. Don't forget the New Orleans penalty. Just even. I like it. I like it. I like Just it. joking, Amanda. Oh, I didn't mean to kill that off. Uh, you're doing the um, Midwest Coast. Oh, the Midwest Coast. I like that. The English sporting beer. I think we may have already rated this one. So it's okay. We did. Rate I, it. I, I like. Don't this wanna, one. I don't know. It's a pretty solid one. Um, I just thought it was a very good, sessionable, drinkable beer. Um, what you give it, Matthew? Um, I will give it a four two five. Oh yeah, okay, I like that. A four Beer. two five from Matthew. Cool, cool. Okay, I like it. Um, well, we'll have lots more to share to all of our listeners out there um, around how the HR process goes. We are very excited though that things are turning the corner here because of having a pro inside like Amber. But subscribe. It's hard. It's hard before it's easy, though. It's hard before it's easy. <laughs> you want to hear the, the one thing you'll always get from us is the truth, the transparency. Right. We'll tell you all that's going on here, so you don't want to miss it. You just got to hit the subscribe button and make sure you're getting all the episodes and and checking them out. But um, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers to you, Matthew. Always cheers. Good. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>